Hey there, Greg. Hey there, Kilroy. Great, we have Drew here. There we go. Hi, Kelly. Hey there. So we're going to get started in a few, let people trickle in a little bit. Cool. And I see we have Drew here with Corgis. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> that lo-fi. <laughs> it's very, it's 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 very mood. <laughs> All right, just waiting for a few more folks to trickle in. Make sure to tweet out that we're here. I'm 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 posting in my uh, my community chat. Awesome. Hey there, Antonio. Thanks for coming. Welcome to Diamond Dave. Thank you for coming. Hello, Ness XRP. Thank you for joining in. Diamond Dave joined us. Awesome. Hi there, Roxy. Honestly, I can listen to this jam the whole night. Oh, what did you say? I said, honestly, I could sit here and listen to this jam. It would be be okay. Um, Hang on, I'm just posting on Discord here, too. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So I know we're we're waiting for a few more folks to come in, but I figure out I can kick it off with an intro really quick. Um, So, hey, everybody. Welcome to NFTs for Good. We are weekly Twitter spaces that's all about highlighting the builders and founders in the NFT Web3 crypto space. We do this at least once every week, and you can check out the schedule on our website, www.bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for dash good. And we know there are tons of stories that always come out that talk about the not so great aspects of DeFi, Web3, crypto, and NFTs. But we believe if we keep talking about the positive aspects and about how the people behind these projects and companies are trying to make the world a better place by building utility with Web3 technology, that we can truly elevate the conversation. So with this show and subsequent shows that we do, we'll continue to highlight the people and founders that also include a social good component in what they're building. And we hope that two things can happen from this conversation. One, we hope you get to connect with another founder and builder in this space and hear their courageous journey of going from idea to building in public. And also know that you can be inspired by their stories. I know that there are some good folks out here building this new internet. You can check out our upcoming shows and sign up for updates at www.bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for dash good. And quick disclaimer that all opinions of guests or hosts may not reflect the views of Blue Studios or its hosts. 
This Twitter space is for informational purposes only. And also, none of the opinions of this show by the host or panelists can be considered investment advice. Please do your own research, be safe, and make sure you talk to any security and investment advisors for more information on how NFTs and crypto fit into your collectible and ownership portfolio. Also, the show is being recorded so that we can have it on the website and other places to promote future shows. And we will also have our past episodes live on all the major podcasting platforms. Make sure to check them out on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Just search for NFTs for good. And quick intro about me. I'm Kelly, founder of Blue Studios, built a community around education, family, and Web3. As a third-generation entrepreneur on both sides of the family, I truly believe in redefining what families can do together. And our mission is to pioneer how families invest, plan, and earn together with technology that's accessible to everyone. Now, a big part of what we do is around coming up with an innovative approach um, to a lot of what we do is coming up with an innovative approach um, to how to educating and inspiring families to learn together, but also to onboard more families in a safe way um, to Web3. And super happy to be here today. A big reason why it's important for us to do this show is to really highlight the individuals and the stories behind this Web3 movement. Obviously, Web3 is fast-paced. It's 24-7, and we've had to work faster and harder than ever before. But it's always nice to slow things down a little bit and dig deep with amazing guests like Greg and Drew um, that we have here today. Um, so I know we're going to dig in and into a... Um, relatively deep conversation about your stories, your backgrounds, what you're building. Um, but we'd love for you both to just give a quick intro of who you are and um, what you're building. Give it to Greg first. Okay. I was going to say, Adam, I wasn't sure who you wanted to, to talk. Um, well, first of all, Kelly, thanks for having me here. And thanks to, to um, Blue Studios and we, we at Dexy Protocol, we really appreciate the opportunity to, to share our message, but also to speak with like-minded people in the space who are interested in uh, sustainable futures, which I, you and I have had a conversation in the past about uh, when we first, you know, kind of had our meet and greet about how important sustainability is and how important that is to us and, and just the space in general. So we're, we're very excited to talk to other people who have that shared vision. So um, my name is Greg Gould. I'm the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Owner of Dexio Protocol. Dexio Protocol is a gaming company that uses blockchain and uh, NFT technology to enhance user experience. What does that mean? That means that um, we are focused on building very cool games that will um, help to introduce uh, crypto newbies or, or people who are not particularly familiar with crypto to the um, crypto and blockchain and NFT space uh, by, you know, providing them with fun games and and giving them a kind of a, a gateway into the Web3 world uh, through gaming. We, we think that gaming is a great way for, uh, it's, you know, all throughout human history, people have used games to connect and, and adopt new ideas and to learn and um, to kind of disarm us against, uh, uh, disarm us from, from our, our preconceived notions of things. We use games in, you know, school, we use games at work, we use games in corporate retreats. And we think that gaming is a great way to get people to come to the Web3 space and get excited about it uh, and find utility in things that they can have fun with. So that's who I am and that's who we are. And, uh, I, you know, I could probably go on forever, but I think that's probably good enough. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg. Now on to Andrew. Okay. Can everyone hear me? Uh, my name is Drew. I am founder of Corgi's XYZ. We're more into a kind of think of it as if you're in development or as a developer, you have documentation like a manual or IKEA manual. Our goal is to convert those types of manuals into very interactive comic book strips or kind of like try to break down complex problems in the blockchain space into a more feasible way to just read like comic books or more to digest kind of like information really quickly. Uh, it get, as pretty much information gets extremely complex, our goal is just to make things like more cute and informative by using kind of cute, like a corgi, which is a, <laughs> a really derpy type of creature, but it's a dog that guides you through kind of like these um, kind of uh, complex, I would say concepts in blockchain space, but also in data. And if you're very curious, we're kind of towards more like Duolingo for programming languages. So teaching it in a kind of easier, fun manner. And I agree that gaming is very important. So try to make like these educational games and kind of uh, provide insights for people to get onboarded really quickly in the Web3 space. So Awesome. I love the corgis. You can't go wrong with a corgi. <laughs> so um, want to kick it off with your origin stories. Um, so you both have very impressive backgrounds. I'm Greg, you've been a professional musician, project manager, entrepreneur, um, Drew, having a data full stack dev background and also being an educator. Um, we'd love for you two to tell the audience a little bit about yourselves, how you got started in Web3, and kind of what inspired you to go from, I'm fascinated by this space, to, hey, I'm dedicating my 20, myself 24-7 to making this happen. And I think we'll um, start with Drew on this question. Okay. <laughs> so kind of my background um, of this, when I, let's say... Uh, I did do data, did do full stack, full stack, and I'm more of an educator, edu educator. I'm a teacher, so I teach boot camps and also consulting. And when I went to Web3 space, um, I started getting really inspired because as people go through classrooms, they want to learn new stuff. And I didn't want to be more like a university where it takes time to build a curriculum and make sure there's things are stable, but I also want to get new skill sets. And also, it is a really... I started off in a company called Code with Corgis, and we were more of like tailoring to Web2 type of uh, content. And then probably when pandemic started, started thinking about Web3 and got really excited about it, like the NFT started coming out, I started trying to learn more into like crypto and try to create more digestible content in that space. And that became pretty much more adopted and accessible really quickly because um, it became there was not much information or content being created from that space. So it made a really good way for me to transition because I started animating. And if you um, take a look at my Twitter and also Instagram and other animations that I created, they were all only tailored to Web2 and now jumping on board to Web3 to provide education for the new generation so awesome and greg would love to hear your origin story um yeah so uh thanks for that uh that's that's a, that's that's good stuff um 
So I feel like I I was like constantly being prodded about uh, crypto and blockchain, you know, early on, even in like 2014, 15, there were people around me that were talking about it. And I just, um, you know, I never really became seriously interested in it. I'm, I was always kind of like, you know, following news stories. And I think I've always been interested in financial news. So, you know, following the kind of ups and downs of it through that period. But uh, one of my, my cousin who lives out in California um, has been in the, has been in crypto since 2013. She's, you know, worked at a whole bunch of different, uh, for a bunch of different companies and uh, crypto companies. And so her and her husband were both kind of consistent. We're very close and her and her husband were both consistently talking to me about crypto. And so by the end of 2020, early 2021, I was, I had started uh, investing. I had done some investing through a friend of mine uh, in the 2017, 2018 cycle who just kind of was like, Hey, I'm, I'm investing in Bitcoin. You want to throw some money at this too? And I said, sure. And, um, and we made some money, but um, I wasn't really paying very much attention to it. But anyhow, so end of 2020, early 2021, I started, um, you know, investing. And then actually I kind of stumbled into Dexio protocol uh, because I was in a telegram chat that was for another project that had cloned what Dexio protocol was doing. And uh, Don Rika, who's my business partner and the founder and CEO of, of Dexio protocol was in the telegram chat, trying to warn people that, that they had cloned the, you know, Dexio protocols website and, and the whole sort of mission statement and um, to be careful. And so I ended up, uh, going into to the Dexy Telegram chat, and Dexy was probably about three or four weeks old at that point. Um, and it turned out that that other project was a rug. They did rug the, uh, so I never invested in it, so thankfully. But uh, um, Don uh, saved me from a rug pull. So anyhow, so him and I became friends, uh, started talking, and um, I was, you know, very fascinated by the idea of um, adoption because the it was very clear to me in the you know in the kind of early phases of me learning about what was going on especially with blockchain and i think the part that i was more interested in early on was about record keeping and the and the the importance of how how blockchain how an immutable record and a permissionless system could affect the way that we keep and expose records about all kinds of things financial records medical records educational records so i was kind of fascinated by that but i was always you know a little um I think intimidated by the technology of it and the complexity of it, which it sounds like um, the guys at Corgi are, are are doing something that I think is probably very important, which is breaking this down in a much more simple way, so people don't become intimidated or overwhelmed by it, and and can and can uh, you know uh, digest the the, um, the the bigger ideas, anyways. Um, and and so you know, I, I kind of, you know, Don actually in, in the Dexy project was what initially got me thinking about how gaming and how important gaming could be to uh, adoption, to people learning about blockchain technology, learning about NFT technology. Um, and and so that's kind of, that's where my, my interest got gauged. And, and, and to full transparency, I would no, not call myself a self-identified gamer. I'm not like a, I'm not a hardcore gamer. I'm not like running around playing games. Uh, you know, I... I know I see the importance and value of it, um, and you know definitely uh, am excited about the games that we're building, and I like playing the games that we're building. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people in, on our team and, and around our community and, and in our project that you know really understand how to create games and how to you know 
uh, present the the UX, the the user experience side of that in a way that again disarms people and gets them to, um, you know, kind of open up to the, the the Web three side of things. So I'm excited to be a part of that, and and the in the on the operations side of things, I'm I'm largely, you know, somebody who just manages teams and and manages operations. I'm not the the gamer. We have we have people who are much more uh, adept at gaming than I am on the team, but. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's that's how that's how I kind of that's my that's my story. Awesome! Thank you so much um, to both of you for sharing that. Um, it's always great to hear how people get into the space because uh, everybody's always a little bit different, but there always seems to be some some small commonalities. Um, also, before we go to the next question, just want to remind the listeners that we do have six giveaways. In addition to all live attendees receiving a free trial to the Corgi's mobile app, um, which, like Drew said, is the Duolingo of Web3. Um, so, I, as always, at the end of this, we'll give instructions on how to redeem it at the end of the spaces. And then for the six giveaways, we'll also do a random giveaway picker announcing the the winner. So the six giveaways are one Code with Corgi's holographic sticker swag, which I hear are super cool and important. Um, one Dexy Knights battle pass, one Dexy Knights weapon, and three Creator Hubs NFTs. So again, we'll announce the winners toward the end of the spaces and to be entered to when you must be present through the live event. So don't go anywhere. And we'll provide instructions on how to redeem your items at the end of the space. So super exciting stuff there. All right. So my next question, uh, before we delve in just to level set with the audience, what would um, you say are some of the major problems in the current status quo of what through adoption um, through the lens of education and gaming? And then also, how would you define your company or venture's mission in order to solve that? And for this question, we'll, we'll kick it off with Greg. Yeah, and that's a great question. So, uh, you know, I, I think, well, in recent news, one of the, uh, you know, one of the challenges that we're all going to face in the process of getting Web2 gaming into, you know, Web2 gamers into Web3 gaming is going to be the hurdles that we're going to face with big tech. Um so I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this would know that Apple just released some very strange language around NFTs, that uh, what's called their 3.11 guidelines, that are very unclear about how they're going to handle utility NFTs in gaming. So I think one of the, the biggest challenges that we're going to face is the, um, you know, the, the hurdle that, that I think every technology has in its evolution and, and adoption is that the technology moves faster than the, the, you know, people who are in charge or who have a lot of power move. Right. So, uh, you, you know, a Apple, I think is trying to find their way with NFT technology and, and how NFTs are fitting into their business model. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say that they're out trying to do something malicious, but I did actually have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with an app, uh, app, app store team manager who was very clear to me about what they were expecting from us in terms of uh, 
how we how we were going to interact with the app store in terms of nft uh, accessibility and then the language that they released you know three weeks later was somewhat different than that and it's not clear so so again i think one of the big challenges that we're going to face is is you know big tech and trying to get big tech to kind of come along with this so um another challenge that we're obviously going to face at least on our side of things is there's been you know just I don't like to use this word because it sounds like it's malicious and I don't know that it was always malicious, but there's been a huge number of, you know, Ponzi uh, projects in the, the play to earn gaming space. Right. And I'm sure some of it has been intentional, but I'm sure a lot of it was not intentional and it just sort of happened that way. Uh, and I can understand how it would happen. There's a lot of pressure to, um, you know, create games that people can earn from and then people become very focused on that and it attracts, you know, those types of, of gamers, people who are not really interested in playing a fun game or interested in adoption or interested in, in anything other than just earning from playing a game, which, you know, I'm not going to fault people for that, but um, it's not really that realistic and it doesn't really have any sustainable business mechanics in it. So that's another challenge I think that, that we're going to face is, you know, w- w- there's a there's an ethos in Web3 gaming that we've kind of inherited from the last bull run, which we need to, to move past. And I think we are moving past it. We have the opportunity to go to um, Consensus as a team, uh, which is the Coindesk-sponsored event in Austin, Texas in June. And you know, the overarching message there was about sustainable gaming. Gaming was about, uh, you know, one of the, the mantras you heard people saying is you don't make games you know, fun by sticking crypto and NFTs in, the, in them. Uh, you know, games need to be fun for people to play them. So, you know, there is already movement in that direction away from, you know, the kind of the, the Ponzi-nomics of, of the, a lot of play-to-earn gaming. Um, and Web3 gaming doesn't need to be play-to-earn either. So it, it doesn't have to be focused on that. It, it's, you know, the Web3 movement is about ownership. It's about, you know, it's about uh, access and ownership, right? So the digital, you know, ownership of digital assets. So I think a big part of of the transition away from this, you know, legacy movement from the last bull cycle is going to be less about play to earn and more about, you know, play to have fun and own, you know, a piece of your digital experience. And and that's and that shift and that focus in, in the, the kind of play and own phenomenon rather than play play to, to earn phenomenon. Um is is important and what are we doing to try to help catalyze that and and to you know invest in that future well we're building games that you can play without a digital wallet we have gone out of our way to build a gaming ecosystem that has traditional web 2 gaming mechanics in it and uh, that's actually part of how we're building a sustainable business model for the games and presenting the web 3 the 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 crypto and blockchain nft portion of that as an option um, and, you know, obviously dangling that carrot in front of people, trying to get them to, to exercise that option as much as we can, um, but not forcing it on people and, um, you know, allowing people to, uh, giving people fun games to play and allowing them to play those games without having to make the uh, commitment of, you know, the, the Web3 portion of it if they don't want to and encouraging them to do that in a, in a, a step-by-step manner that they're comfortable with, right? So uh, I think that's, 
again, so, you know, to answer your question specifically, the two biggest things, I think the two biggest challenges we're going to face, the two biggest problems that we're going to have are going to be, you know, with uh, legacy tech, uh, you know, and, and the, the, um, in the big tech companies and trying to get them to onboard with us. And then with this legacy, you know, uh, ethos from the last bull run and trying to get transition away from that and into a, a more sustainable uh, uh, space. So yeah, that's my, that's my two cents on that. Awesome. And so Drew would, would love to hear your insight as well on, you know, what, what is the current, what are the major problems with Web3 adoption when it comes to, to education and gaming? And then also how are your, how does um, Corgi's, um, what is your mission to solve this? Yeah. Um, so kind of like more thinking about like how, what Greg said, like there's things like big tech, there's going to be regulations. Uh, some, um, I could see that as a problem, like, how do you gauge or use this um, in itself, like how Apple's uh, policies change over time? And then is that going to be viable fi for these Web3 companies? That could be major blockers for a lot of times when people are making like mobile apps and then creating something like a decentralized apps going through like NFTs or crypto in there. And for me, I think major roadblocks in my side in ed educational space is just making sure that the onboarding um, as a seamless and more of a UX perspective and trying to make things so really accessible for a lot of times for other people to just onboard themselves. Uh, not many people are developers and the onboarding could be um, many ways very innov innovative by making things like very digestible or making visuals to onboard them in a like proper manner. Um, the goal here is trying to make sure that uh, we have people in the space thinking about like how UI UX is the same as the standards of how Apple started creating like their devices to onboard them to use smartphones at that time. And I think in, if we take a playbook on design for those types of like applications, uh, it will also give better education for people as well. I think times like it's, it's also, if you're doing ownership, you also need to protect your ownership. And we've seen that many like happening, like people stealing NFTs to Ponzi schemes. And we just need to make sure that education, that people are very, same thing as like, uh, don't click links on your email because it could maybe have viruses as a way to pr protect people from not getting in scammed. And I think that's a, also an educational problem that a lot of times people need to do, as well as a way for people to, uh, feel like just like you have an online profile, you want to protect your ownership. It, it could be the same thing as stolen as a physical house of your, like all your goods and it could be t taken away. And we've seen that in NFTs and we just need to make sure that people can be protected security wise and also like education wise that they're liable. I have colleagues that when they were in crypto, they lost their funds and they just forgot that it takes like this minor thing of just, making sure they protect their assets in a certain way um, and it causes them if they if you have new comers coming in and their first thing they did was just get scammed they're not coming back it's the same thing as an attention rule some people might say like a 15 like a five minute video attention is everything in this economy too as well as making sure that your ownership of, of your goods is secure <laughs> 
So. No, those are definitely great um, perspectives. Um, yeah, I know there's definitely a couple of things that are, are challenging in terms of like bringing more adoption, but it's great that uh, we have folks like you really working through those challenges and, and getting as many people excited about the space as possible. Um, so would love to talk a little bit more about Corgis.xyz and Dexio protocol. Um, so basically, how can everyday people or gamers or learners expect to interface on your platforms? And we'll, we'll kick off this question with Drew. So <laughs> um, kind of the kind of like for me, my team is building a, a mobile app, but then after like apps, like we're trying to build like a Duolingo for Web3 and our mobile app is trying to be made probably by the end of um, pretty much the winter. We're almost there. Um, but we also have a, we're going to be building like a web application platform so people can come in and have people beta test it and see um, without the regulation. <laughs> so instead, like we can go to Corgi's XYZ and then uh, we'll create like these onboarding games that just onboard your wallet, like Phantom Wallet or MetaMask Wallet. And I wanted to create something like a platform where you try it first, like kind of like a free trial system where you try and then if you really want to come back and you want to do like maybe a play to earn, um, play to learn type of mechanic, uh, that would be probably when you're learning, you really want to learn like programming languages. And then if you want a deeper dive and maybe be in the space as like a developer or just learning kind of like these languages, these programming languages that are kind of like human languages in some way or some form, a little bit different type of parallel, then it could show you better cases of like how it works in detail uh, and also give you like the technical hard skills of like, oh, this is how Rust looks like compared to Solidity. And it gives some insights in how education will work. And also there might be times where you might be just want to be technical in your teams and just want to just learn it as you go. So providing some of that helps out for a lot of people in education. And I know that my my customers are the students that I teach in class, so they really loved it and they're my beta testers. So. Awesome. Yeah. And I remember um, I initially saw um, your uh, demo of your product uh, during a uh, developer DAO uh, demo talk or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I can explain a little bit of that too. So the mobile app is you're able to connect your wallet, but we use gaming skins. So your NFTs would be the, the I guess, your persona to teach you, like, teach you Web3 stuff. So if you could connect your wallet um, to this mobile app and like if you have a board ape, it had an animated board ape where it's teaching you all these assets. So using like your NFTs as skins um, and trying to make it dynamic. Uh, that was kind of when I showcased it to developer DAO. So. Yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, I made sure to, to pin one I found on your <laughs> profile. So I pinned it up there um, as well as an example of Dexio protocol as well and how you can interact and with it um, using AR in your mobile app. So with that, I think it's a great transit transition to Greg. So we'll love to hear about how, you know, everyday people or gamers interface with Dexio protocol. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's, 
that's that's awesome that you guys are doing over there. I I I actually want to spend some time looking more into it. It sounds really it sounds interesting. Um, uh, it sounds awesome actually. Um, so very much on the adoption um, path. So uh, okay, so Dexio Protocol. So we again we're a gaming company. So we're actually developing a whole suite of of gaming applications. But our flagship application is a um, augmented reality application we call Dexy Hunter and. Uh, for lack of a better description, it is um, and often referred to as Pokemon Go for crypto. I don't particularly love that description, but it does help people get a kind of basic framework. Uh, so there are augmented reality bounties that we can place anywhere in the world. Um, and those bounties can be uh, a myriad of different things. So they can be crypto bounties. They can be um, uh, NFT bounties. They can be non-blockchain gaming asset bounties. DexiCash, which is our non-blockchain in-game currency. Um, and uh, also business vouchers kind of think QR codes for partnering businesses who want to kind of advertise inside of the, the application. So we can drop those bounties anywhere in the world. And just like Pokemon Go, there's um, an augmented reality uh, experience where your, uh, your phone is interacting uh, via the camera uh, with you know, the world around you. And you can collect these bounties and redeem them for real crypto, real NFTs and all of those other assets that I talked about. And um, again, you don't need a digital wallet to play any of our games. Uh, and you don't need a digital wallet to play Dexy Hunter. Um, obviously, if you're collecting crypto um, and you need to redeem it, you're gonna probably get a digital wallet if you don't have one, um, or you're going to um, try to figure out how to uh, interact with those assets that you're collecting, right? So that's the adoption portion of it for us with, with crypto. and. There's an education portion of this too, because we actually, um, we have a lot of information when people are collecting um, uh, any asset. They're, they're actually are kind of prompted through some screens and they have to, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're getting information. Um, we can actually prevent people from being able to move past certain things uh, and, and kind of compel them to do something, answer a question, watch a video, we can compel them to kind of do anything we, we want them to if they want to actually be able to collect that that asset. Um, and so, you know, we can educate people in really uh, any way we want to um, and, and encourage people to learn more about crypto or blockchain or anything or a company that we're, we're partnering with or, um, you know, uh, uh, an education facility that we're partnering with, another crypto project or another Web3 project. Um, so it's, you know, it's really versatile and it allows for us to have people who know nothing about crypto and nothing about blockchain and nothing about having a wallet or NFTs or anything else, play the game, collect these digital assets and, um, you know, encourage them to learn about this whole space via trying to actually redeem these things. So, um, that's kind of, that's our whole, that's the Dexy Hunter experience. Uh, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of, of business mechanics in there with um, advertising and marketing and all kinds of things that uh, we have integrated into that, as well as the opportunity for people to actually develop their own little AR-based business using um, <clears throat> geofencing that we uh, are, are implementing in the application too. So there's a lot of opportunity there and a lot of uh, uh, growth potential for, for the project, but also for um, you know other people that we partner with uh, in Dexy Hunter. Amazing. Very cool. Uh, super fun, interactive interfaces. Um, absolutely love um, how you guys really thought through 
bringing in people who, you know, might not be as comfortable with the space and just providing them with options and, and how they want to interact. And if they're, and when they're ready to, you know, go on chain, they can. So I thought that that was pretty cool and awesome. Um, and so just say a quick reminder for the, for the audience, um, start thinking through any questions that you have of Greg or Drew. Um, these are amazing folks. Um, great product builders, um, great community, community builders in, in the Web3 space. So definitely start thinking through some of your questions that you have um, while you have them live. And if you are not, if, if you don't feel comfortable with necessarily um, coming on stage and asking a question, just feel free to DM me or you can click the little chat button in the lower right hand corner and you can ask a question underneath the spaces and we'll make sure to get your question answered today. Um, actually, I see we already have uh, one person. Uh, we have Kilroy, so I'll just go ahead and bring him up to the stage to ask his question. All right, Kilroy, feel free to ask your question. Uh, hello, Kelly. Good day to you and uh, good day to our guests, Greg and Drew, and uh, also to our uh, audience. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, we, we've just had some uh, 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 storm lately and, uh, and uh, just like the real world, uh, this uh, adoption storm is uh, taking over uh, the space right now at a much accelerated rate. And uh, speaking of uh, adoption, uh, it's really bridging the traditional to Web3 or bridging the traditional to blockchain. So uh, speaking about this uh, bridging of uh, traditional to Web3, uh, what can you guys uh, uh, like uh, emphasize on the, on the steps that you are taking so that uh, this adaption uh, can be uh, even widespread than it, than it is now. Like uh, for like for example, uh, Atari right now is uh, is uh, moving into Web three, and uh, some big educational institutions are moving into Web three. So uh, in this case, uh, most uh, players in the in the Web three industry in education and gaming is partnering up with these uh, big names. So uh, what can you guys share with us? Thank you very much. Yeah, whoever would like to go first and answer that, feel free. Go, go ahead, Drew, you, you go first. <laughs> okay. Like, like, I'm trying to think and process this. Um, like, okay, I didn't know that Atari is gonna, and, and Atari and also game companies Hmm. Now, Kilroy asks very hard questions. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, it's it, it's not really hard because uh, I've just not uh, hard. Yeah, uh, not I've just uh, I've just uh, seen it uh, recently, uh, two or three weeks ago, about uh, Unstoppable Web uh, uh, pushing for uh, uh, Atari campaign, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, I think this is uh, some great news because I myself uh, is an old school gamer. I love Atari, and uh, when they moved to uh, Web three, uh, I was uh, mind blown. 
Yeah. So from my perspective, like more in like if it's education and plus games itself, I see that a lot of big companies will try to put in their way of like, for example, Facebook changed into meta and going through doubling down in Web3 and more creating like the metaverse. And I could see big players think of it as a good opportunity to go on board and try to be be during the times, right? But there's other players that are kind of like examples. There are AAA games, and now there's also indie games. And in that type of ecosystem, there's going to be places where people are going to try to build based on two things. Like, is it going to be games that you will enjoy, or is it games to make money? The same way would be in education. Is it education where you can actually pivot your education to learn while you earn? So like kind of where like, I wish I would got paid when I was learning stuff in university. (laughs) That would have been more incentive for myself. But then there's going to be these types of things in the Web3 space where you, you own the assets that you have, and that could be leverage for you to get you better wealth and better skill. Like, for example, there's distributions of like NFTs that are worth a lot of money. And then there's NFTs that are worth nothing. And there's going to be lines where the ones that innovate and provide utility and provide really great maybe experience. And as long as they can make it more accessible compared to things about like accessibility or onboarding or creating better, I don't know, wealth it's going to be based on the team thinking about that and i think we also have to look at it more psychological by behavior that you have a young generation that maybe their attention span is probably five seconds and and if we're applying these blockchains we have to figure out that we have to also improve like sustainability as well as infrastructure that can perform this extremely fast um and that's going to take some time and thinking about it we might have to create better solutions. Web2 is great in efficiency and Web3 is great for ownership and also security. So there are times where we have to figure out what is the trade-offs in the future. And I think that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> that's just like my thought from that question itself. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because uh, I do relate this because uh, way back 2018 or uh uh, 2017, uh, I was involved with a project, uh, educational uh, project with regards to blockchain and uh, Web3. That time was just a myth, yeah. and uh, right now with the with the uh, with with the advent of technologies, uh, it's really accelerated to what it is now. And uh, there's so ma- uh, many stuff that uh, you can do. And uh, thank you very much for your, for your answer. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I um I don't I don't think I want to add a whole lot to that. Um that was a that was a good that was a good response to that and it actually got me thinking about some other things. But you know, in terms of, of you know major enterprise getting into the web three space, this is this is an inevitable reality, right? Um uh, you know, Atari getting into the web three space is, is cool. Um, you know, like Chase getting into the web three space may not be that cool. Um it might not be that cool for for, for the web free space. Um, so you know, in, in in any evolution of technology, right? Um, so web one was about consumption. Web two was about creation. Web three is about uh, about control, about ownership, right? So in any evolution of of technology, and you know, all throughout history, you have um, 
the legacy enterprises that are in a position of power who, you know, are very much not interested in losing power and change uh, is often, uh, you know, losing power is often a requisite of change, right? So uh, the some of these legacy companies that, you know, uh, are, are huge in the Web2 space, Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call it, um, lots of others, you know, they're trying to make this transition. And like any giant ship, you know, it's very, you know, if you if you have a little boat, it's easy to make a turn. But if you have a big giant, you know, carnival cruise line, it's hard, hard to make a turn. So it's difficult for them to pivot from from, you know, one thing to another one, which, you know, you're seeing meta experience. Atari's probably gonna have an easier job because they, um, you know, probably a, a lot more flexible, right? A lot more adaptable uh, in, the, in the position that they're in. Than, than say a meta is, but you, you're always going to have these legacy people. One of my favorite stories is about Paul Krugman, who I don't know if you know who Paul Krugman is, but he's a Princeton University economics professor and a, a editorial staff writer for the New York Times. He was a, a economist that advised Barack Obama and other presidents. Very famous dude who people seem to listen to. And in 1998, he famously said that the internet was going to go the way of the fax machine. Um, and, you know, I don't know how you could be that horribly wrong about something that late in the game in 1998. He didn't say that in 1992. He said it in 1998 <laughs> um, when it was very painfully obvious that the Internet was was going to explode and and be an everyday part of our lives. Anybody could see that who wasn't who wasn't blinded by, you know, legacy. Right. So um, you're, you're going to have legacy industry that's going to get in the way of of Web3 and be the wolf in sheep's clothing. I, I think you're going to see you know, uh, enterprise, you know, large enterprise get into web three, not because they're really interested in web three, but because they're interested in making sure that they maintain market share and control over uh, an aspect of, you know, whatever industry they're in, like chase or whatever. So, um, again, I bring up chase just because they, you know, chase has their own blockchain. They are definitely going to try to be the blockchain bank of the American banking industry. Um, you know, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Uh, and, I'm not sure it's necessarily a bad thing, and it's certainly not something that, that any of us are ever going to prevent, but it's important to be aware of these things and recognize that these you know, major industry powers are uh, going to get in the way of, of innovation, which is the thing that Drew was talking about. The, the most important thing that we can do is, is innovate, right? is to bring new things to the table to help this thing continue to move forward. And a lot of these legacy Web2 traditional enterprises in the web two space are are going to probably get in the way of that a lot more than they're going to help that like apple's 3.11 guideline which i suggest anybody listening to this actually look up because it's kind of scary what they're you know maybe intending to you know try to maintain control over the in-app purchase function and their revenue model so and I understand that, you know, what, what do all, you know, companies with power want? They want more power, right? And so they, the, I, I understand the, the, their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. I just don't, I'm not sure that it's really beneficial for us. And we have to think about ways to innovate around that. Uh, so, you know, it's good that there's these, these big companies getting involved. And certainly we're looking for partnerships with, um, you know, forward thinking, innovative companies and innovative people. But I think it's important to also be, uh, skeptical of of some of this too, and make sure that we're staying on a, a at least mostly uh, pure path in, in terms of that innovation component. 
Uh, I said a little bit more than maybe I intended to, but there, there, there's, there's my answer. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, uh, you are spot on on that. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, this uh, this uh, control by these legacy companies can be a uh, uh, make or break for them. Uh, uh, it could uh, help them, or uh, it could it could be their downfall. That's why, uh, with regards to Apple, uh, I'm choosing Android over Apple at the moment. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for that question, Kilroy. Um, we have Antonio come on to the stage with your question. Thanks, Kelly. And thank you, uh, Greg and Andrew. This is informative. And I think what you all are doing is um, great and is of value to um, everyday people uh, in, in addition to those in, in Web3. Um, but, but I do have a quick question. And this one is more so kind of picking the, the both of you all's brains right quick. I'm just curious to know um, I would really like to know if there were any interesting insights that you all were able to glean from um, developing your your apps, right? Like, uh, I'm curious to know, Drew and Greg, if you all had found any aha moments where you thought that um, a different gaming mechanic might have resonated with one group of learners or users more than, say, a traditional um, sports game or um, RPG game? Was there anything that you all were able to kind of take from your own data that uh, kind of opened your eyes to something that you weren't expecting? You want me to go first this time, Drew? Yeah, can you? Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, Antonio. That's a great question. So, um, I, you know, it's probably good that I go first, too, because I'm going to come at this from the uh, what I jokingly call hashtag not a developer point of view. So, you know, in full transparency, I'm not a developer. I'm probably the closest thing to a developer that you'll find in somebody in my position that has no developer training just because I spend so much time with the developers. But, um, you know, I think the, 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 the quick answer to your question, and not to take up a huge amount of time, is that, uh, you know, for, for us, it's very clear that different games um, are, uh, you know, are attractive to different demographics of people. So I had a, a meeting with, a, with a, 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 a VC, basically, a private equity guy, um, who I know um, personally, but um, we, I was showing him our suite of games. And I just sort of assumed that he would, you know, be most excited by Dexy Hunter, which is our augmented reality application. But actually, the thing that like lit him up was this like little set of mini games that we've created that we call Dexy Carnival, which is like kind of you know they're goofy little fun, like uh, you know ski ball, uh, air hockey, claw machine. Like it's like little games, right? That you'd find at like an arcade or, or carnival. And he like lit up like a child when I like let him play this game, right? And and it and it was like eye opening to me because my my expectation, right? I went into this with this expectation, like this guy's a business guy. He's going to love this augmented reality stuff, you know? And he was just like, let me play Dexy Carnival. Like, you know, so I think what, what is really important for us on the, on the gaming side of things in terms of adoption is, is to make sure that we're building different applications that, um, uh, you know, play to different demographics of people um, because that's how we're going to get mass adoption done, right? If we just build like killer RPG games or, you know, really immersive games like League of Legends or, you know, if we just build games like that, we're going to get self-identified traditional gamers who, you know, are an important part of this process. But we're not going to get the, 
you know, 50 year old private equity guy, right? He's not, that's, he's not interested in that game. He wants to play claw machine, you know? Um, and so, you know, it's important for us to keep that in mind that, that, you know, we have to have kind of a, um, almost like a, a team of opposition in terms of what we want to create, because we need different people from different demographics and different points of view to be able to contribute to that so that we can bring those demographics in. We need all the demographics. We don't just need the gamers. We don't just need the, you know, 18 to 24 year old. We don't just need, we need everybody. And so we have to, we have to make sure that we're building applications that can present to those different people. Awesome. Thank you so much for those questions, um, Antonio. And then, um, oh, also Drew, want to hear your response as well. Yeah, I can ask my response. Like, I think, like, what for me, I'm a developer and I, I seen, like, kind of when I was building, for me, it's more like educational games. I, I grew up when things were starting as, like, those click based games where I think uh, my favorite one was called Pajama Sam. I don't know if people remember that, but <laughs> it's actually, those games were pretty interesting just because it was just clickable and just fun but you were also learning and exploring. And it's just these clickable games were just because it was just using the mouse as the only thing that was a feature and that was created. And that was it. It was just exploratory for kids. And that became more of a way for people to explore more. Now you have better different types of interactions like swiping, touching, um, moving kind of like your cursor, making you know what the kind of like now first person shooters, you, you can do games on the browser now. And I could see there's always going to be in history, things will transition and things will die out. And I see that uh, Web3, like for me, I'm trying to create something like embeddable flash games, but in a blockchain manner and figuring out what is a good way to just onboard more people. And if you take a look, like email is the first kind of like a decentralized protocol. We just centralized it in a form where it's like, oh, my Gmail can communicate to your your Yahoo mail. Napster was like kind of like the first Web3 company. And we've seen that, but there's things like regulation that stops in the way from innovation. And we need to bring those things back. And you can see there's always a parallel spectrum uh, where like things will either improve or things will be coming back in a different form it changes or they evolve and i think that's kind of a what i can think of in gaming that's in web3 it's like new playing field if you look at i don't know neopets and crypto kitties they're kind of parallel or like a some some tamagotchi sort of type of game and you can see that there's those are type of the same game but they're just mechanics and technologies are different and it's i it's kind of like a mirror but they have different types of like, like I can probably think like Web 2 was just creation and content and posting. Web 3 would be own, owning it. So those are kind of like different types of guidelines you have to understand. And like the principle of like Web 3 is like ownership and what kind of games will be do like will come out would be based on maybe economics for making like you learn and incentivize or just to probably maybe if you want to liquidate all your assets uh, and then be done with the game, you can. So it's kind of like I played like, I don't know, uh, Diablo. And there was times where you can get real money from the items you sold. And that was kind of game changer too. So there's those kind of parallels, but instead you have things like you, you're, they're interchangeable, interoperability. 
type of games. So amazing, amazing. Um, also, um, want to just remind everybody that remember you have giveaways at the end of this, so <laughs> make sure to stick to the end. Um, everybody's going to receive a free trial of the Corgi's mobile app. It's the Duolingo Web3. As you can see, Drew has an amazing mind and in, in way he's designed this experience for everybody to feel like they can learn in Web3. Um, and then we'll also make sure to give instructions on how to redeem that free trial at the end of the spaces. And also for the six giveaways, um, we'll, we'll be able to announce those six winners. So want to also just thank Greg and Drew for being here and also to um, and for also providing these prizes for today. Um, and so make sure you follow and support them as well as we continue throughout this interview. So thanks so much to both of you. Um, I have another question uh, for the two of you. Um, so what can we as builders and community members in the space do more to bring more utility and mainstream adoption to Web3? Um, and I'll actually start with Drew on this question. Oh, what can you bring more to Web3? That's, I think, I think a lot of times people need to, they're, for me, it's a little bit different because I came from a Web2 space to Web3, and I wasn't very interested in Web3 itself, thinking like for me to build a even a Web3 app, that was kind of like the back of my mind. I was just more focusing on Web2 content. And I think a lot of times, I think right now, learning all the new technologies and figuring out um, maybe learning how to learn probably web three programming languages, you just need to be a little bit more technical or for me providing customer insights. And I usually, what I try to do is try to build a community and see like, what is a really good education in the web three space because it's so brand new. Is it baking video games or mini games to onboard people or is it, and that comes from like a community. And uh, I think like if you're kind of interested in, um, communicating with me, you have my Twitter, I'm open up for like any questions or even feedback or advice. And I think that gives you an open mind that Web3 is about ownership, but it's also a good way to learn use technologies and try to contribute to your community in a way where you can actually um, build some innovative stuff. And I think that's kind of, um, I'll probably end that with that answer. Uh, do you want me to go, go ahead, Kelly? Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, thank, thanks, Drew. That was a, that was a great response. Um, so how do we add more utility? Um, <clears throat> so I, I think, what does utility mean, right? It means usefulness, right? Um, and, uh, there, there's one of three things going on or a combination of, of one of these, you know, more than one or more of these three things happening when we decide to use something, right? It's, it's either solving a problem that we that we have. Um, it's making something more efficient that we were doing before, uh, or it's providing some kind of joy or some kind of, uh, of um, you know, abstract visceral value to our lives, right? But that's why we use the things that we use. They, they're, they're making our lives easier, they're solving some problem, or they're making our lives more joyful or better or whatever. Um, so how do we make 
Web3 do one of those three things or all of those things or some combination of those things for us. Um, you know, I think gaming is a, is a big part of that and education is a big part of that. We can use, we can use Web3 to make gaming more, more uh, enjoyable, make it a better experience, solve you know, a, a problem that we have in gaming, which is that people invest a lot of time and money into games and then don't really get anything back out of it. Like what you know, Drew was talking about before with um, you know, being able to you know, liquidate your assets from a game and, and kind of walk away from that with you know, having invested something and taken something back out, right? So there's, there's that, that part of it and the education part of it, we can make education a lot more efficient with you know, some of the things that Drew is talking about doing in terms of, um, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of cartoonizing the, the, the process of, of learning in, in Web3. But also, um, you know, we can connect people in new and innovative ways using Web3 technology um, and, and, and make the experiences that people have better. Right. So if, if we can continue to do that as sort of a global space, as a, as a global group of people, if we can continue to focus on that, uh, we're going to, to have all kinds of utility that we haven't even thought of. Right. Like I, I you know, I remember the first time somebody told me that, that, that there were municipalities using uh, NFT technology for parking spaces. I was like, whoa, that's a really cool <laughs> um, application of NFT technology. Right. Um, you know, music venues using NFTs as a, as a, um, you know, as a ticket. Um, and, you know, and then of course now we have the, the whole concept of sold on NFTs, right? So we're going to continue to have these kind of ideas pop up. And I think it's our responsibility as people in the space, especially early on to try to help foster again, like what, what Drew was just talking about, trying to, uh, you know, help foster that process of everybody kind of collaborating and figuring out how we're, we're going to continue to use the the amazing technology and the amazing kind of ethos of, of web3 to help promote not just the space but all of these uh you know possible outcomes of utility right the 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 um making things more efficient solving some problem or making our lives better in some kind of of you know non-concrete way right so um you know i think i think it's a it's a it's a very exciting future for all of us um you know as long as we uh, you know, continue to, to work on that innovation part of it. Great, great insight, great advice. Um, and also, you know, a lot of folks who join these spaces um, either want to work in Web3 or they're interested in starting something in Web3, but they don't quite know where to start or don't think that they have the, the right skills. Um, what would you say to, to folks like that? And I'll start with Greg on this one. Um, I would say that the water is always colder than you think it is. Just jump in because as long as you can swim, you're going to be okay. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I had a friend once uh, who was kind of overwhelmed by stuff. And um, one day she just said, you know, I realized that wherever you start, that's the beginning. So uh, it doesn't really matter where it is. That's where you started. And so that's the beginning. Um, and I thought that was really um, brilliant and, and uh, meaningful because, you know, if you're, if you're looking to get jump into the space, or you're looking to get involved in something, just get involved somewhere and just start doing stuff, start playing around. Um, don't, don't be paralyzed by um, inaction. Right. Uh, and, you know, I find that once I just kind of dig in and start doing something, like I'll have some big project we're working on and like, 
I start to procrastinate about it like all people do. And I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then when I finally dig into it, I'm like, oh, I don't even really know what I'm supposed to do here or what I'm writing about. Like, how, you know, once I dig into it, I'm like, and I get into the flow of it. It's like, I don't even really know what I'm doing before I do it. And then I'm doing it. And it's like, oh, well, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, and I think everybody has those experiences. So if you're, if you're interested in Web3, if you're interested in, in the space, you know, find interesting projects and, you know, get involved in the community, get involved, you know, uh, in some way and try to learn some skill set that is helpful to that community or helpful to that project and develop on that. You know, I just, it's a, it's, it's a pretty open space, right? We're, we're a pretty open crew. We, we, you know, people jump from one community to another one and, and there's a lot of collaboration. There's a lot of, of connection, you know, between different projects. And, and I think that's a really good thing. So you'll, you'll find a home somewhere. You just got to kind of jump in. Love it. Love that analogy. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. How about you, Drew? Well, like for me, it's kind of, um, there's a lot of resources out there that you could do if you're more into like going nitty gritty into programming or technical, like technical aspects, then there are companies like Build Space, Rabbit Hole. Um, those things will help you onboard and get you to understand more of the technology. If you're more into like community wise and maybe just working with other people and learning from others, then I would recommend maybe going to like a hackathon. You don't need to code. You could just project manage or talk or just have fun and think of it like it's a game session or a band making a band in a day and trying to build something out of it and you learn so much and you might make long friendships or you can make your like closest business partner or you might see other people like like coming down and it's better to learn from people that maybe are in the same skill set or above and they could be your mentors and that's how i did was i did a hackathon and my mentor came from he came from Apple and he, he had a really high skill set, and I couldn't keep up. So it helped me strive to get to that level if you're going through that. So you can think of it as a way now that compared to Web 2 hackathons to Web 3, there's still a small subset. Um, Web 3s are kind of like you can see the same people. They're trying to strive. They're trying to build. They're trying to think of it like a sport. Um, trying to build things and innovate and some try to create companies. And there's also grant pro programs. And those kind of programs you can go through maybe like um, like learning it from like BuildSpace. There's also KB5, Kernel. And those are ways where you can actually understand most of the concepts. If you're more in theory, then probably Kernel. If you're more into application, then probably BuildSpace. And they have like these, and a lot of the chains have accelerators too. And that's kind of figuring out which kind of project you want to build on top of. And I think that gives you insight that the community is very open. They're just looking for players to be in their team. Kind of think of it like Harry Potter, where you want to probably want to work into which house you want to be in. So I think that gives you more insight that right now it's a kind of like a, it's not a country, like pretty much these chains are these blockchains or these companies. They're they're they don't have borders, so you can just go in and just talk to them in their Discord really quickly. Love the analogy of Harry Potter. That's always the, the best way <laughs> to describe most things is using Harry Potter. So awesome. Um, so I got I got two more questions for you two, um, and then we'll announce the giveaway winners. So um, two questions. I would love to hear um, 
any new alpha or something that's new on your roadmap that you can tease today. Uh, we want to know what's coming next for Corgis.xyz and as well as Dexio Protocol, um, and Dexio Protocol. And then also, love to end with the ask. We want to know how the audience can support you. Okay, I'll probably start. Um, <laughs> so kind of like the new alpha that Corgi XYZ is trying to use is um, implementing a program of modular blockchain. Uh, it's called Celestia. And that's kind of a, infrastructure is becoming extremely difficult. And it becomes a point where uh, Celestia is a data layer and it just stores, you can store a lot of data coming in here with faster transaction time. So infrastructure like that uh, is a way for pretty much getting the data you need, but assigning all of those values into the block. And there's like some sample apps where you can create like a Wordle of a day and try to make like these kind of small mini games at the time without doing any of those transactions. So I'm moving kind of my, my um, thinking of it, not from a layer two, but using Celestia as a way or Solana uh, moving forward uh, for my decentralized app. And also there's other things that I'm very interested in, like social graphs. So lens protocol, figuring out like you, as you create your profile, all the videos, all your content you own is connected to that profile. And I think that gives, that gives you more insight of like, what is your like data traffic of like what you do on, on social media, but in a decentralized manner. I think that's gives you better insights of like what's going to be happening where um, I could see maybe profiles are like skins and some people that could be transferable to other types of applications. And there is just going to be just a lot of time building and figuring out what is the best way to get to that reality. And even in economic downturn, startups are going to innovate really well and compared to its big tech comp counterpart. And then they're going to create some really cool stuff that you probably won't see maybe something similar kind of like back in like click <laughs> click based games or kind of like internet games but i see more of like more innovations using these mechanics so thank you for that all right greg tell us what's coming next and how we can support you um yeah so we're we're very uh open about our our, our roadmap but i will say that um uh, the the kind of next phases for us are we have a you know a couple of our games in in beta currently and and one of our our games is out on desktop um, already we're getting ready to put another one into beta um, and then we have a, a fourth mobile game that we're getting ready to start producing here relatively soon which is like a uh, kind of a, a web three Mario Kart um, for lack of a better term uh, we call it Dexy Racer but it's it's got all kinds of web three mechanics and then you know kind of fun racing mechanics. Um, but one of the cool things that we're going to be doing uh, and that we're already working on is integrating all of our games together beyond our integrated login system. So we, we have an integrated login system. It's, you know, like uh, you have an email and password to get you into all of our different products and your shared assets and shared, um, you know, resources in your account across those different uh, applications, those games and our marketplace. But one of the cool things that we're going to be doing is integrating mechanics from some of the games into the augmented reality experience in Dexy Hunter. So you'll be able to have augmented reality dragon fights 
and you'll be able to have augmented reality quests uh, that uh, NPC characters from our desktop game, Dexy Knights, will be able to put you on. So um, that's kind of our next evolution after we get the, the business voucher program completely set up and get ourselves fully live in the app store for Dexy Hunter. Our next phase is gonna be uh, the integration of those, those other game mechanics into the augmented reality experience. So that's gonna be really fun. Um, and we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. We've got some kind of cool, um, you have to kind of draw spells on your phone uh, and um, to, in order to unlock different uh, aspects of your quest and you know just cool stuff like that. So making the games more interactive, uh, more gamified for lack of a better term uh, and, and cross integrating all of our games together. And we're hoping to bring other projects that have games into Dexy Hunter also and helping to um, use that experience to expose people to uh, other gaming projects that have cool games and integrate with them too. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty excited about that future as well. Um, the best way to support us is actually to download our games. Uh, you know, Dexy Hunter and Dexy Dragons are both in uh, Test Flight or in the Google um, Play Store for early access, uh, you know, the beta versions and download the games, join our, our Discord. Uh, and give us feedback because it's, you know, it's been an important process for us to get feedback from all of the different user experiences, not just uh, from a technical point of view, because obviously we don't have 900 different Android phones to play <laughs> our games on. And so the, some of the, the bugs and, and different mechanics that, that are not, you know, following through with the different phone models, we're, we're finding out about that from our beta users, but we're also getting a lot of user experience. And a lot of really good insight and good uh, suggestions from people about how to make the whole process easier and uh, you know less obtrusive. Obviously, you know a better overall visual experience and UI experience. So, um, you know that's the best way that we could get help from people right now is just having users playing the games and giving us honest and critical feedback about their experiences, so we can make them better for that next set of players coming in, who, you know, are are Web three novices. Um, so. Uh, so that that's what we would we would love if more people were just were just playing the games. Awesome, thank you so much, Craig. And we have I know we have one more question. So we have Bitstalker. Um, we'll have you come to the stage and and ask a quick question, and then I promise we will do the announcement of the winner. So, all right, Bitstalker, come and ask your question. Yes, hi. As uh, you mentioned, I just want to uh, say I love your mini games. I find um, the Dexy Hunter game, I'd say maybe that suits best for someone like me. Something I think I would enjoy. It's very interesting and doesn't require me to fully immerse my time in the game. Um, I'm actually trying to download it but I'm getting a compatibility error. Does it require specific specs to work on a mobile or how to get the early access? So if, if you're downloading on um, Google Play Store, there are some uh, compatibility problems with different versions of Android phones that we have been experiencing, which is so good if we knew which phone you had, so we knew which, what, what, we're, what we're having there. We are going to be releasing uh, a, a regular updated APK file for people to be able to download directly onto their phones that do have Play Store compatibility issues. So if you join our Discord uh, um, you know, or our Telegram, which we're getting, we're moving away from, 
then we'll be able to provide that APK file or the link to the APK file. Or if you just check back on our website in about a week, you'll be able to download that directly using that APK file. So I, I do apologize about that. That's one of the problems that we're running into is there's so many compatibility things going on with Android um, that uh, we're, we're trying to find the, the sweet spot where most people's phones are compatible, but we haven't quite found that yet. I see. Thank you so much for the information. I'll also try to check on my other phone, but I'll try to reach out to you on your um, Telegram or Discord to get help yeah. if, if in case I need yeah. help. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and protocol.com, like I said, that APK file, that'll be an easy bypass of the place or um, uh, compatibility issues. We just haven't put that out yet. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Awesome. No problem. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ruth Stalker, for joining, and thank you for the question. And all right, so we're going to go ahead and announce the six winners. So again, um, for the six giveaways, um, one person will get a code with Corgi's holographic sticker swag, one Dexy Knight's battle pass, one Dexy Knight's weapon, and we'll be also giving away three Creator Hub NFTs. Um, so, um, want to thank Greg and Drew, uh, make sure to follow and support them. And here are the winners really quick. So we have Dexy for life. We have EG Rodriguez. We have OX Yusudasa, I believe. Um, we have Diamond Dave USA, Mr. Jones 08, and we have V, B as in boy, V, N, nine one six so those are the six winners um of today's um cool swag and nft prizes and also everybody here is also a winner today so i have pinned to the top a quick form for everybody to fill out you can get a free trial access to corgi's xyz remember it's a duolingo of web three of duolingo web three via a mobile app so just go ahead and fill out that form be sure to sign up now because the link will be open just for a few hours and giveaway winners that i announced make sure to dm blue studios underscore io um, twitter mentioning that you won the giveaway and we'll send the info required to receive those six giveaways so if you're a dexy for life eg rodriguez ox why you oh this let's see oh ax yusuda dasa um diamond dave usa mr jones 08 and bvn 916 please dm blue studios underscore io it's in we're currently in the spaces right now so you can just click on the profile click send direct message and we'll make sure to send you the info required to receive either of the six giveaways so Thanks so much again, Greg. Um, did you have uh, something you wanted to add? No, other than thank you, Kelly, for hosting the studio mm -hmm. on the Blue Studios. And, and thank you, Drew. Uh, very interesting having uh, you on the show, too. Uh, you, you're obviously a very, very bright guy with a lot of uh, really interesting stuff going on. So I'm excited to see you continue. And I hope that we can connect. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> so thank you also, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> no, thank you. And thanks, thanks to both of you for you know, really working on, you know, con con constantly iterating in this space, trying to bring as much utility as possible into the space. And I love both of your apps. They're super fun. They're engaging. And I think the more that we have apps that, you know, don't 
necessarily, you know, where you don't feel like you have to say the word NFT or Web3 or blockchain for somebody to understand how to use it. I think we're getting closer and closer to that, that mass adoption. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. So thank you again to everybody who tuned in. This is NFTs for Good. Um, we are a weekly Twitter spaces that's all about highlighting the builders and founders in the NFT and Web3 space. Um, we do this at least once every week. And you can check out the schedule on our website at www.bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for dash good. Um, and hey, we know there are tons of stories that always come out um, that talk about the not so great aspects of the space. But here at NFTs for Good, we're going to continue to talk about the positive aspects, talk about how there are some amazing people out here building utility using Web3 technology, and we can totally elevate the conversation. Also, um, obviously, this is recorded, so you can listen to this from beginning to end on Twitter. But if you would like to listen to this later, um, check us out on the major podcasting platforms. So just search for NFTs for Good on Apple, Spotify, in Amazon Music, and you can find us. It's so great to listen to these when you're, you know, doing some chores or, you know, working on some things. It's it's great to have it in the background and just absorb all this amazing knowledge and insight on this space. So thanks again to everybody for joining. Thanks for spending your day or evening or afternoon with us. And I will see everybody on Twitter. Goodbye. Good night. Good afternoon and good morning, wherever you might be. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kelly. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.